Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. If all those things are true, you've still got a reason to stand to your feet and worship the God that created you. Because God, amen, is a God of the here and now. He's a God of your immediate need, and He's come to give you immediate attention today. Don't excuse Him away. Don't tell Him why He can't heal you. Simply stand to your feet and receive the answer for your life. He is here in this place today. Amen. He's here right now for specific need, for specific reasons, for specific people. And I'm not going to belabor any longer. You've been standing. You've been worshiping. The Lord is here. There's no reason to to go on any further except for to get into the word of the Lord today. John chapter 5, verse 2, speaks of a specific place in the Bible. You've heard it preached on before if you've been coming to church for any length of time at all. It's about a, a pool by the name of Bethesda. John writes it in chapter 5, verse 2, now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. And it gets a little bit specific about this pool. At this point, it kind of tells us who gathers there at this place. You know, everybody, all of us older folks, remember that old swimming hole that we used to have, you know? Whether it was a strip cut, you know, down in this, this area, a lot of coal mining strip cuts, or a, farm pond or maybe a backyard swimming pool wherever it was that you learned to swim and you know anytime we talk about a pool we always capture it in our mind as being a beautiful place but this particular pool the bible says the people that gathered there were multitudes not just one or two but multitudes of impotent folk blind halt withered waiting for the move of the water trying to ask yourself if you don't know the story what what are they talking about the moving of the water this was a very specific certain place a special place where something special happened the Bible goes on to tell us why these people that are lame and halt and withered and blind all gather at this particular pool verse 4 says for an angel went down at a certain season. Everybody say certain season. Certain season. season. Into the pool. And troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped into that water was made whole of whatsoever disease that he had. If he was blind, he left seeing. If if his hand was withered, it was stretched forth and made perfect again. If he had leprosy or some other disease that he had come to that pool and happened to be the first one, whatever disease that that person had, if they were the first to get into the pool at a certain season, the Bible says that they were healed. There was a certain man there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had been now a long time in that case. 
he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The Lord asked this crippled man a question. Do you want to be well? The man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, while I'm making my way, while I'm hobbling along on these crippled legs, while I'm waiting for somebody to help me in, somebody a little bit quicker, somebody a little bit closer, beats me to it. While I'm coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus simply says unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And the Bible says, and immediately, everybody say that word, immediately. Immediately the man was made whole. And he took up his bed, and he walked. two different things here when the angel comes down the Bible says it was at a certain season they never knew exactly when but when Jesus walked in it was immediate I just want to preach to you today God of the immediate would you lay down your Bible let's pray just very quickly over this word I believe that the spirit has already been established in this place the praise and worship has been incredible amen the anointing is here I need somebody to have enough faith to believe that God can heal you today. He can heal you today. Why don't you just pray with me right now that the spirit of faith would, would be covering this place, covering your heart, covering your mind right now so that you can believe and have enough faith for yourself that you're different when you leave here than when you came in. Lord, right now, Jesus, in your name. God, there are so many needs that have already been mentioned, but God, the multitudes have gathered into this place today. God, multitudes of people, God, are sitting on these pews, Lord, with needs, needs that, that I cannot meet, needs that, that their checkbooks and their finances and the doctors of this world cannot meet, Me mental needs and physical needs and financial needs and sicknesses and all kinds of different infirmities that plague us on this world. God, God, there's coming a day when we'll no longer have to suffer with these things. But right now, God, we still in a, live in this world, Lord, where things come against us and where we have to carry certain things. But I believe right now in the name of Jesus that there is healing in this service for people today that can have the faith to simply rise up and walk when you call their name. In the name of Jesus, anoint us right now. We pray it all in Jesus' name. And would you say amen? amen? Praise God. You may be seated. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Why don't we just clap our hands to the Lord right now together? Oh, I feel the Lord. I feel like somebody's going to leave here different. Somebody's going to leave here walking when you used to crawl. Praise the Lord. I've always thought about the pool of Bethesda as being a place of beauty. Anytime I think of it, Number one, the name Bethesda to me just is a beautiful name. I, I, we see a lot of hospitals named Bethesda. So when I hear that, that particular word, it, it's a beautiful word to me. And I think about a pool and how beautiful the pools that I picture in my mind have always been. We have a, a small above ground pool that was 
uh, already in place when we purchased this house, when we moved to town, and, and there's it's not really much to look at uh, right now. It, the water is probably dank and, and kind of dirty. There's probably a little uh, film on the bottom of the pool, maybe some leaves and some sticks that have, that have fallen through the cracks and gotten in beyond the cover and the old ugly cover. My wife says, why can't they make a, a beautiful cover so at least you got something to look at? And I'm sure they probably do. She just married a cheap man that won't pop for, for the money to buy a beautiful cover. So we have this old ugly black thing, uh, old ugly green thing, whatever blue, whatever it is right now. I don't even know what color it is because I don't go out there and look at it. It's not beautiful to look at. And the pool itself is not beautiful to look at. It's been there a long time. And on the outside, you know, it's, it's kind of dated. The, 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 the flowers that are there and it's got a little rust spot where some water leaks out of the pump uh, every once in a while and creates a little rust spot. But when you look from above, when you stand and look out the window down at the water in the middle of June or July and you see that water uh, as it's uh, coming out of the pump and it's flowing across and the beautiful ripples, I look at at that water and I see something that I consider to be beautiful. There's something about a, pu- a pool that is beautiful to me, something about waters. Bethesda in my mind was always such a place. I thought about it as being this beautiful, beautiful, luxurious pool and history gives us a little bit of insight about this p- particular place. It was a pool that was fed by a spring, uh, a spring that came into this pool, and it had five porches that are around it. Now, we didn't have a porch around our pool. We uh, had just this little tiny deck that the people uh, had built that we never used, and, but I can imagine that it would be beautiful if we could build a nice, beautiful deck all the way around this pool. It just would make it more uh, uh, enticing even to go out and sit beside the water if you didn't feel like getting in the water. And this pool of Bethesda had five porches for people to sit around as they got out of the water got into the water, just sat there and visit, sat there and look at the pool. And, uh, but uh, time took its toll on this. And then in 1888, there was a, a, uh, some work that was being done on an old church on the northeast side of Jerusalem when the construction workers uncovered what they thought to be an old reservoir. Sounds beautiful. They began to bring an expedition team in. And they began to uncover this entire area all the way down to the Roman level. And what they revealed was this, this large pool with five porches around it. But what really made it a unique discovery was when they began to clear off the walls around the pool. They saw an old faded painting of an angel troubling the waters. They had discovered the beautiful old pool of Bethesda. They had discovered the place of miracles. They had discovered the place where these people came and they sat and they waited for the angelic being to come down and trouble the water on hopes that they might be able to be the first one into the pool and receive their healing. There's three rules I've heard to the success of any business. Now, that may have changed a little bit now that we're living in the internet age and brick and mortar stores are, you know, to some degree going by the wayside, but a lot of us do our shopping online. I still enjoy going and put my hands on things. I like to see things. 
And then I'll go home and see if I can find it cheaper on the internet. <laughs> but the three rules of success for most brick and mortar type business is this location, location, location. Everybody's heard that, right? Sure. It matters where you where you decide to set up shop. I can remember being in a, in a store that, that I was uh, a manager in way back uh, in the uh, late 80s, and, and I managed that store, and I watched as people would go to all the other stores, and they would bypass me, you know, so much so that I started doing, you know, is, is it me, you know, I forget to put deodorant on, you know, do I, what's the matter with this place? Nobody wants to come in here. I was too young to understand that we were simply in a bad location. Later on, that store finally closed down, and guess what they did? I could either lose my job or I could take a different store, and so they sent me to a different store that was much bigger, much more successful. Guess what? It had a good location. Now, the pool itself possibly was beautiful, but the Bible says that it wasn't in a very good location. The Bible says that it was down by the sheep market, had a sheep market for, for its neighbor. It wasn't a place that you'd want to set up shop and, and sell, sell any kind of food or anything like that, you know, because the sheep stink. It was a smelly place, especially if the wind blew a certain direction. We built a house when we still lived up north in a beautiful location. We had a few acres and set on a lot more acres, and there were fields around it. But the guy that I bought the property off of was a pig farmer. I got nothing against pig farmers. I just don't want to live next to one. And it was fine for the most time, for the most uh, most of the time. But occasionally the wind would blow out uh, of his direction. And those pigs, uh, you could not sit out on our front porch. The smell was, was so bad, it, it just ruined any beautiful thing that, that uh, we could have enjoyed out there on our front yard or in our front lawn. And, and so here we have this, this pool of Bethesda, but it's sitting right next door to this sheep market. Anybody ever got snookered? on something that you thought was more than what it really was? Anybody ever heard your pastor say the word, word snookered before? <laughs> I did not make it up. That's a real word. <laughs> Dougie's definitions. Snookered means you got took. Now, you don't, you probably don't know, anybody that's probably 40 and under, you may not uh, relate to this, but those of us that are over the age of 40, we can remember a day before the internet was there. Now, today, when you want to go on vacation, you want to go to a motel, you just type it right in your computer, your your phone, your iPad, whatever, whatever device that you have, and you can pull up all different kinds of things. It's all right there at your fingertips. If I want to go to Branson, I can type into Branson, and it'll give me 20 or 30 pictures of a place that I, I, I want to stay. It'll give me all kinds of descriptions. Beds are very comfortable, or beds are a little uh, lumpy. We went to Branson uh, last year, and uh, it said, uh, watch out for the oven. It, it, it's, it runs about 50 degrees hotter. It gave us all the, 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 uh, the information that we needed, so we decided to go there and yes we did burn our pizza that first night do you remember that <laughs> they weren't lying that oven was hot 
You can go in there, you can see how many rooms there are, you can see what kind of decor is on the wall, on the beds, how the, how, how the furniture is laid out. You can see all of that stuff. But I remember a day when all you had to go on was one lousy little postcard. A little flyer in the mail. Come visit us for your dream vacation. And we got schnookered one time. I remember a trip to Branson when our children were very little, and I got that postcard out, and it was an invitation to come to their place and stay. People have been coming here for years. They just didn't tell me that they hadn't done any updates for all those years. We went in probably 1989, and the picture was probably from 1959. They didn't show any of the cards. I should have known better, uh, you know, uh, when I saw a 1957 Chevy sitting out in the parking lot, you know. <laughs> I should have known better, but, but I didn't. And, and so we looked at that place, and we looked at that postcard, and we saw the things that they were advertising, the beautiful pool and the place where you can play tennis and, and, and the beautiful rooms and the spacious views and all of these things on this little postcard out of a couple of little pictures. And, and we decided this is where we're going to go. So we called them and we set it up and we went. And I can remember the disappointment that I had when we pulled into the parking lot. Because we, do you remember this place? <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Would have made my dad proud though. We got a good deal. Nothing is ever as bad as Doc's Motel that my dad took my family to. So anything that I've done to my family pales in comparison to what my father did to me, okay? We stayed at Doc's, they should have called it Doc's Mothball Motel because that's what the whole place smelled like. We pulled up that place and I looked at that, that place and I was so disappointed and you know, it's just not in me to go in and demand my money back, but I was this close. I think we did stay there. We wound up staying there for a few days. We sucked it up, and we made the best of it. But it was disappointing. This pool that we've thought about, the pool of Bethesda, the way I always had it pictured in my mind, when I really got to looking at this place, kind of disappointed me. You see, this pool was, was a place where it wasn't a place where the rich people came and hung out. It wasn't a place that you saw the movie stars laying out and, and, and sunbathing themselves. This is where the, 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 the sick came. This is where people came to die. It wasn't a place that you grabbed the kids on a hot day in July and said, hey, kids, let's run on down to the pool of Bethesda and cool off for the day. Let's pack a picnic lunch and go sit down with all the lame, the halt, the blind, uh, the, 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 those that are about ready to die, the sick and the ill, and let's just chill out at the pool all day. It wasn't that kind of place. You didn't go to this pool unless you were sick. Unless you had a problem. The pool of Bethesda was a place where the desperate gathered. Here was Bethesda. Not so beautiful as what you might think. But it was a place where the angel would come and trouble the waters. Here was the place where the sick 
and the lame came. And occasionally, at a certain season, every once in a while, you never knew exactly when it was going to happen. You never knew if it was ever going to happen again. But every once in a while, there was a supernatural experience that took place at this pool where an angel would join them and he would trouble the waters. And whoever was able to get into these waters was miraculously made whole. Occasionally. Can you imagine how it must have been to be this man who we find in our story today who's waited and waited and never knowing when the next time that the angel would trouble the waters, not knowing if that was the last time it was ever going to take place, never knowing if he was going to be able to be there and, and, and see a miracle for himself. And in a moment's time, when the angel would come, that elation of hope would spring up in him and he'd see those waters be troubled and try to get in there as quickly as he possibly could only to be beaten by somebody a little younger, a little faster, a little less sick, a little quicker. Somebody else always made it to their miracle, but he never did. He lay there year after year. There's no... We have really no idea biblically how many years this man had been at the pool, but it does tell us that he had been in his condition for 38 years. So there is a distinct possibility that he had been waiting 38 years. Day after day, year after year, waiting on an occasional troubling of the waters. But time after time, he was never good enough. He was never fast enough. He just could never seem to experience what he saw so many others experience. Wasn't that he didn't want it? Wasn't that he didn't desire it? He just failed time and time again. I can imagine that Maybe the first few years that he'd been laying there, he'd probably given it his best effort to be the first one in the pool. Maybe, maybe he stayed as close as he possibly could. Maybe he kept some friends around him that would be there to help, help him. Maybe he did everything that he possibly could to stay awake when he began to get drowsy, just in case, by chance, that that angel would come and catch him sleeping. But for whatever his efforts were, everything that he tried to this point had fallen short, and he was still in the same condition. It wasn't that he knew that God couldn't do it for him. He saw the other miracles. He had probably had been there and seen the angel trouble the waters and others around him go home, leaping and shouting and praising God for their victory that they had. But here he still laid. He still had to be carried out. He still had to hobble his way home. He still had to lay there and be dependent upon others. He probably doesn't come to the pool with a whole lot of expectation anymore. Now he just comes to the pool because it's the thing to do. <laughs> I, think it's, it, I think it's incredible how 
certain stories remind me of individuals and people and possibly people sitting in our pews today. I know that there are people here that have begged God to heal you, begged God to touch you, begged God to to meet you, begged God to trouble those waters only to find and watch as others got what they seemingly needed to have in God and you went home feeling just the same as when you came in. You've come to a place before and and seen uh, God do miracles in other people's lives, but it seemed like you're always on the outside looking in. You've watched and it's not that you don't believe that God can do it, it's just that you don't seem to believe that God can do it for you, but I've come to tell somebody today I serve a God not just of certain seasons. I serve a God of the immediate right now, here today. If you can have faith, God can touch you, heal you, deliver you. He can do whatever you need him to do for you. I'm trying to press faith into our minds, into our lives, into our spirits today because it's too easy for us just to gather in and just know that we've just made it a habit to come to church. We've just made it a habit to gather around the pool. We expect God to come down and trouble the waters every once in a while, but we really don't expect to walk out of here with too much different in our life than what we did when we came in. We watch as God touches others. We watch as he puts somebody else's marriage together. We watch as he heals somebody else's emotion, heals somebody else's body, but we walk out of here and we uh, have the same problem, the same infirmity, but God has called me to tell you today, he's speaking to you, he's speaking to your problem, he's speaking to your infirmity because he is a God of the immediate, not just the occasion. Healings always seem to be out of reach. You can pray for others, but it's hard to pray for yourself. I know I'm touching the nerve with some folks here today. You can believe for others, but it seems impossible to believe for yourself. Because you've laid at this prop with this problem so long around the Lord moving on everybody else's life, that somehow you got it in your mind that this is just the way it's got to be. I, I, I'm not as quick as somebody else. I'm not as smart as somebody else. I'm not as close to the pool as somebody else. I'm not as close to God as somebody else. Can I tell you something? Nowhere in the Word of God does it say that this lame man was a church-going preacher. He wasn't even doesn't even say he was a good saint or that he was faithful. He just happened to be where the Spirit of the Lord was was he just happened to be hanging around and one day Jesus walked into that place and he said I'm tired of watching you wait today is your day son today you're going to rise up and walk if you desire to do so probably most of you came to church today not thinking that God could change your life We're satisfied with the troubling of the waters. We're satisfied just knowing that the Spirit is present every once in a while. On occasion, the Lord will move every once in a while, but we really don't expect God to change me. He really can't affect me that much. 
I'm just going through the motions. I'm showing up when I should show up. I'm coming in and doing what everybody has expected me to do for 38 long years. But today, Jesus Christ has come to change some people that need change. He's come to deliver some people that need delivered. And if we can't believe it, if we can't accept it, it'll never happen. But if we can believe, it's time to stop believing in waiting on the next certain season, the next good church service, and start believing that today is that church service. Today is that day. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he'd been now a long time in that case. He asked him the question, wilt thou be made whole? No, I don't know that Jesus always made a habit out of asking the person if they wanted to be healed before they were. I know that there's certain cases where, where he didn't ask them. I mean, the, the, the woman with the issue of blood, she pressed her way through the crowd and, and she made her way all the way to Jesus. And, and that's why we don't have nearly as many miracles as uh, I believe that they had uh, in the past is because nowadays when we get a little bit sick, we don't press our way through to Jesus Christ. We'd rather stay home in bed and, and uh, just uh, deal with our infirmity. But if there's somebody in here that's willing to press a little bit, is willing to fight a little bit, is willing to go through a little bit of trouble, is willing to press through the crowd a little bit. I believe that God still wants to heal us. So we ask him the question, will you be made whole? That seems kind of rhetorical. Man, I've been sick for 38 years. I've been this way for a long, long time. In my mind, I'm thinking, are you kidding me? What kind of a question is that? Absolutely. I want to be made whole. Let's get it done. Where do I go? What do I have to do? Sprinkle the holy water on me. Push me in the pool. Whatever you need to do, let's get it done. I'm ready to change my life. But that's not what this man does. He's so typical of us. We get in a place where we've been sitting so long that we're scared to stand. It's been so long since we've run that we're afraid that we've forgotten how. It's been so long since since we've been in a place where God can really change us that we're happy to stay right there in our own little routine of infirmity, hang out with our friends that are full of infirmity, hang around the pool where God wants to come and move the waters every once in a while, but God help us if God wants to actually heal us and we actually have to get up and do something with the healing. Come on, come on. The man answered the Lord and he said, Sir, I have no man. When the water's troubled to put me in the pool. Well, I'm on my way. It's not that I don't, I, I don't give it some effort. It's not that I won't sta- stand and clap my hands with the song. It's not that I won't sing when they're singing. It's not that I'm not going through the motions. But I just have no... No help, no umph. They're just, seems like I'm all, all on my own. I, I've got nobody. 
here to help me into the pool. While I'm, while I'm trying, somebody else comes along and gets the blessing that should have been mine. I watch others walk out with what I could have, but it's been so long now that I've just given up hope on ever having it. And he enrolled the excuses. Sure, I'd like to be healed, but don't you see what, what I got going on here? Don't you see the problems I'm having in my family? God, yeah, I, I would like for you to touch me. I, I'd, li- I'd like healing in my body. But don't you, don't you see all the things that are going on that's, uh, in my life, that all the excuses that I have for not being able to get where you're trying to get me? I'm stepping on my own toes today, folks. If this is hurting your toes, it's hurting mine too. But I believe that when he looked up into the eyes of Jesus, have you ever, have you ever talked to somebody that said, hey, how come you couldn't make it to, you know, we invited you over to our house. How come you couldn't make it? And you began to give them this excuse. And, and, and when you didn't really want to go in the first place, the excuse seemed, seemed to be valid, seemed to be good. And then you're looking in the eyes of the person that invited you and, and you're thinking how silly and, and empty this excuse actually really sounds. Now that you've made this, I believe that's what happened here with him. He began to look at Jesus and he began to excuse himself for being the way that he was. And then as he's looking at Jesus, he begins to realize this, this sounds dumb. I would, but I got nobody to help me. Really, 38 years. 38 years have gone by. I believe, now this is not biblical, this is just my, my philosophy here. I, I believe that the Lord, maybe He did and it just didn't record it because it sounds like a kind of, kind of like a smart aleck answer. This would have been the answer that I would have gave. I'm not the Lord, I'm not perfect. I probably would have got a little, little rude with this guy when He starts giving me the answers and I know I got the antidote. So this is what I would have said to Him. You know what? You're sitting there. You've been lame for 38 years. I've come with a healing for you. I've asked you, do you want to be made whole? And all you're doing is giving me excuses. I'm not asking you about all the reasons why you can't. I'm asking you, do you want to be healed? I've got the medicine. Here's the, here, here, here's the syringe. Here's the pill. Here's what, here's the prayer. Whatever you want to call it. I have the answer. Do you want the answer or not? I said, I'm not asking you of all the reasons why you think your need can't be met. I'm asking you, do you want to be made whole? And that's where I'm at in this service today. We can come here and we can have excuses. Well, I've got this problem. My daddy and my mommy treated me this way, or I've been abused, or I've had all of this. I've got all this going on. I- I've suffered all this setbacks. I've lost. I've been devastated. All these things that are going on in our life, we can come up with every excuse in the book of why we can't stand up and shout right now. But God says, hey, don't you forget what I did for you and if all those things are true you've still got a reason to stand to your feet and worship the God that created you because God amen is a God of the here and now he's the God of your immediate need and he's come to give you immediate attention today don't excuse him away don't tell him why he can't heal you Simply stand to your feet and receive the answer for your life.
You may be seated. God doesn't care about your past failures. <laughs> Why do you think I'm so pa patient with people that come in and they got their life is a wreck and shambles? Hey, man, I can remember it's not been that long ago that I was them. I was the wreck. I was the life that was in shambles. I was the life that was going nowhere. But praise be unto God, greater is he that is within me than he that is in this world. You can't keep a praying man down. You can't keep a man that wants to rise up and walk. You can't keep him kneeling next to the pool. How many times you've tried and no results. You've left here feeling good only to have it raise its ugly head again. All the occasions, all the certain seasons have come and gone and you've seen them, but you've never been affected by them. It's never touched you. Jesus simply says, I don't care how long you've been the way that you are. I'm here now. I'm here now. Before it was just an angel that would come every once in a while. You got your shot. And if you didn't take it, if you didn't get it, you just had to wait. They were used to waiting and they didn't understand that Jesus could meet his need in seconds. Or music come today. Sometimes it's easier for us to think about whatever we, we need God to touch us in our life with if we put it off into the future. We got Paul Kettle syndrome. <laughs> Paul, this gate needs fixed. Yeah, I'm going to get around to it. One of these days. <laughs> it's easier sometimes to put off what God wants to do for you today. Because you've been disappointed so often that it's hard to believe that He can make the difference in you right now. He's the God of the immediate. I don't know if I've expressed myself correctly enough, passionately enough today to create enough faith inside of you to believe for yourself or not. It's only a question that you can answer. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.